Welcome to the Mind Your Hormones podcast. My name's Corinne, and I'm a board-certified holistic nutritionist who went from no period from mismanaged PCOS to a regular one. Now, I'm obsessed with helping you get hormonally balanced and emotionally aligned. This podcast is all about education, empowerment, real talk, and simple strategies you could start today to find inner peace and overall well-being. I am so excited to be here with you to chat about all things health, hormones, and mindset. Are you ready? Let's get it. What's going on? I am so excited to chat about today's podcast episode because today's topic is something I have had a lot of personal experience with and professional experience, but I really have struggled with this in the past, and what we're talking about is facial hair growth. So it is not a sexy topic. It is not something that I was super comfortable with talking about until, you know, I probably maybe like a year ago, but it is something that I really really struggled with. So a lot of people who have PCOS struggle with facial hair growth, whether that is on the sides of their face, under their chin, around their nipples, down their stomach, on their back, something like that. But you might be struggling with that and not not have PCOS or not even know that you have PCOS because I personally was misdiagnosed without PCOS for a really, really long time. I was struggling with facial hair growth starting from when I was about 15, which I will talk to you about the horrible way I found out about it. Um, and I wasn't diagnosed with PCOS till my late 20s when I pretty much diagnosed myself and then went to the doctor about it because they just kept telling me that my irregular periods, which turned into no period, and my migraines, and my IBS, and my random rashes, and my facial hair growth was totally normal, um, but I found out that it was really PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome if you are not familiar with it. However, the things that I'm talking about today will help you whether you have PCOS or not, or you know you have PCOS or not. This is just really talking about if you have facial hair growth, again, it could be around your nipples, down your stomach, stuff like that, that you are struggling with. So first, let me give you a backstory of when I first found out that I was having some facial hair. I was either 15 or 16. I can't remember specifically. I think I may have been 16. And I was with my um, boyfriend at the time, my high school boyfriend, We were hanging out in my room, and I was, like, looking up, doing something. I don't even remember what it was. And he goes to, like, pull something off my chin, I guess thinking it was, like, an eyelash or something. And he's like, you have a hair under your chin. It's connected. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I remember I ran to the bathroom, looked in the mirror, and was like, oh, my God. I, like, quickly tweezed it out. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it was just an eyelash. It must have just been stuck when you pulled it. Totally lied and just pretended that that did not happen. And that was the first hair I experienced. And if I knew what it was going to turn into, I would have been so grateful for just that one little hair because that was nothing. But because... I had unaddressed PCOS for so long, it turned into way more than just one hair. And if you are someone who's struggling with this, I know you can connect with that because it's just, it's horrendous. Like literally at one point when it was at its worst, I would be having to tweeze morning and night. I'm like, what is going on? Always a tweezer with me in my bag, in my car, in the bathroom, like 
so horrible, so self-conscious about it, like just so awful. So if you are experiencing this, I feel you and I've been there, but I'm here to talk to you about where it's actually coming from so you could heal it at the root because... I'm here to give you the good news of it doesn't always have to be like that. It is so possible for you to heal your root cause and not have to be tweezing your facial hair 24-7 and be so super self-conscious about it. Now, before I get into it, I just do want to say that once a hair follicle is formed, it is always there. So that means that eventually the hair could grow out of whatever hair follicles you've already accumulated wherever they are, on your face, your stomach, wherever it is. But the speed at which it comes in greatly slows down. It's thinner. It's not as much. It's way, way, way different. It's almost like non-existent at certain points. And once you get to that point, that is when you can invest in laser hair removal or waxing or something like that because also... Because I had no idea where this was coming from, where this facial hair was coming from, I was just like, all right, I'll get laser hair removal. I remember I did three different rounds of laser hair removal, and it did nothing. It didn't do anything. And that's because I was not healing the root cause of where the facial hair was coming from to begin with. So don't waste your money on laser hair removal or waxing or whatever it is if you're not addressing the actual root cause of where it's coming from because it won't make a difference. I promise you because I tried. Okay, so now let's dive in to what the root causes are, especially again if we're speaking of someone who has PCOS, but even if you don't. So two of the root causes of facial hair are insulin resistance and inflammation. So the first one that I'm going to dive into is insulin resistance. However, one causes the other, so they're very interconnected, and you most likely will be dealing with both of these issues, but I'm going to dive into one and then the other. So first is insulin resistance. If you don't know what insulin resistance is, it's a condition of when you have have high insulin levels where your cells of your liver and your muscles fail to respond properly to insulin. So this could get confusing. I'm going to break it down. So stick with me. First of all, what is insulin? Insulin is actually a hormone and it's made by your pancreas. So insulin stimulates your liver and your muscles to take up sugar from your blood and convert it to energy. Okay, because under normal circumstances, when you when when you eat, okay, anytime that you eat something, right after it, your hormone insulin will rise. Okay, this is again, this is under normal circumstances. So your hormone insulin will rise right after you eat something. This rise in insulin will stimulate your liver and your muscle cells to take up that food energy from your blood and convert it into actual energy. Okay, this then causes your blood sugar to fall and your insulin levels to fall. However, when you have insulin resistance, your pancreas has to make more and more insulin to try and get its message through to your cells because your cells aren't responding to it. So think of it like this for a little visual. Think of your cells as a door. And this insulin is trying to go inside the cells because that's where it's meant to go to actually do its job. But when your cells are not responding to it, the doors are staying shut. So instead of it going inside of your cell, it's staying floating around in your body, causing inflammation, 
weight gain, and this could also lead to diabetes, osteoporosis, and heart disease. So to so let me just recap this really quick. When you have insulin resistance, the symptoms of that, first of all, would be really t- um, hard time losing weight. You could have this facial hair growth. You could have hair loss, acne, um, this, the symptoms of blood sugar dysregulation, of the 3 p.m. crash, always hungry, tons of cravings, um, sleep disturbances. All of these are symptoms of insulin resistance. And what insulin resistance means is that your cells are not sensitive to insulin. So instead of them going into the cell, they're staying in the bloodstream, causing a ton of problems, which I'm going to get into. And because of this, your pancreas is like, oh, we must not be producing enough insulin because the cells aren't responding to it. So I guess we didn't produce enough. So I'm just going to keep making more and more and more and more insulin because it's trying to get that message through to your cells, okay? Because the cells aren't responding to it. And when that happens, you have an influx of insulin floating around in your body, which is causing all of these symptoms that I just talked about. Aside from the weight gain and the cravings and the always hungry and the long-term effects of diabetes, osteoporosis, and heart disease, it can also impair ovulation and it stimulates your ovaries to make more testosterone instead of estrogen, which is where the facial hair growth comes in. It also stimulates your pituitary gland to make more luteinizing hormone, which is a hormone that makes more androgens. Androgens are male hormones, so makes more testosterone as well. And so it's like trifold of how it causes hair growth. And it lowers your androgen-binding protein. Again, androgens are male hormones, so it lowers your male hormone-binding protein, which is called SHBG. doesn't really matter. You don't need to know the technical things about it. But this results in more free testosterone and unbound testosterone that's floating around in your system, causing these symptoms of facial hair growth or hair loss or acne, okay? So it's a trifecta. When you have this insulin resistance, It is causing your ovaries to make more testosterone. It's causing your pituitary to make more, uh, to make more luteinizing hormone, which is making more testosterone. And it's lowering that testosterone binding protein, the androgen binding protein, SHBG, which is resulting in more testosterone floating around in your body. So until we heal this root cause of insulin resistance, we're going to always see this facial hair and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And again, symptom wise, this is you most likely. Of course, you know, you can get blood work done, but I got blood work done and it didn't say I had this. So take it with a grain of salt really struggling to lose weight no matter what you're doing, hangry in between meals, you might be shaky in between meals, you have a lot of cravings, you have this facial hair growth or acne or hair loss, you might have sleep disturbances, things like this are all pointing towards insulin resistance, okay? And some causes of insulin resistance are smoking, stress, birth control, uh, sleep deprivation, alcohol, trans fats, an unhealthy gut microbiome, which you know I'm obsessed about the gut, um, a magnesium deficiency, and any environmental toxins, okay? So you have to know where the root cause is coming from and know that it's important to treat that root cause in order to see results in your facial hair because not only did I try laser hair removal, I tried all the herbs under the freaking sun to try and help this, all the teas, all the supplements, all this stuff because I didn't know I had a root cause that was the reason for all of this. So I was just trying anything because I was like, I will 
literally do anything to get rid of this. And if you are experiencing this, you uh, know what I'm talking about, but I didn't know. So it's really, really important to heal that root cause. So I'm going to give you three tips of how you can heal that root cause. And then I will talk about inflammation. So for insulin resistance, number one is, is no sugar. I know that that's an annoying one, but it is what it is. That doesn't mean you could never have sugar again, but it does mean for the beginning portion of when you're healing this, it's really important to reduce it as much as possible, most likely removing it. That does not mean fruit, okay? That just means sugar, organic coconut sugar included, um, any any high fructose corn syrups, anything with sugar is, is really like any, it doesn't matter if it's organic coconut sugar or organic cane sugar, or if it is um, agave, anything like that, that that is sugar, that it's processed aside from fruit, because fruit is a whole food, so that's different, really, really important to make sure that you are first reducing it because it's not realistic to just cut everything out all at once, but first reducing it and then eventually removing it until you start seeing results. And then you could start having it once in a while and it won't be as much of a problem because you would have already healed. So then you have more room for having sugar here here and there and it won't just cause a ton of problems, okay? So number one is reducing and removing sugar. Number two is sleeping. Oh my God, it is so important. I see this firsthand in myself. When I'm not sleeping properly, I see these symptoms coming back. I see the face hair growth starting to creep its way back in from just changing my sleep patterns. It's wild. And and it's hard for people to notice this because if you haven't healed it, you're never going to notice things when it's just a small shift. But I don't change any, even if I don't change anything in my nutrition or my movement, but I'm sleeping differently or I'm not sleeping enough or I'm going to bed too late, I will notice it coming back because you know if you've experienced this, you will notice it right away. So make sure you are sleeping at least eight hours a night and going to sleep before 11 p.m. And I will link in the show notes the podcast episode that I did on sleep a couple episodes ago so you could dive more into that um, over there. So no sugar. Number two is sleep. Number three is not restricting calories. And this is really difficult for people who have um, insulin resistance because, first of all, your doctor probably told you to eat less and just to work out more because you're struggling to lose weight. So that's their answer that they gave you. But that's actually making your insulin resistance worse. We don't want to restrict calories because it's going to make the insulin resistance worse. I understand how hard of a concept that is to actually like grab onto and really believe, but it is true. So please make sure that you are having three solid meals throughout the day. You're having a protein, a fiber, and a healthy fat at every single meal to really stabilize that blood sugar, and you're not restricting calories. You have to eat enough to make sure that you are stabilizing that blood sugar, okay? Um, obviously, you know, making sure that you are eating quality whole foods, mostly plants, all of that, but that you are not restricting calories. You're not just having a green juice in the morning, a skimpy little salad for lunch, and like, uh, you know, steamed broccoli for dinner or something. Please make sure that you're eating enough because I, and I know it's hard because if you are someone who's experiencing this and you're really struggling to lose weight, the normal thing to think because of our society is to just, oh, just eat less and work out more. But that is so detrimental and it's actually making it worse, which is why people who are doing that are not seeing results. But they just think that there's something wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just that your approach is not supporting what your body actually needs. Okay. So that's that for insulin resistance. 
The second root cause is inflammation. And this is where, uh, this is my root cause, like my number one root cause. And then I believe that this inflammation caused my insulin resistance. So the reason why I know that is because of the symptoms that I had. So if you have inflammation, the symptoms that you could experience are joint pain, digestive issues, fatigue. This is something I really, really had had, uh, trouble with. As you know, I said I had IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. My digestion was always something that was a problem. Again, I had no idea where it was coming from, but that is one of the first symptoms that I was experiencing that I noticed was something was off in my journey with this. So I believe that inflammation was my root cause and then it caused uh, insulin resistance. So what inflammation is, and it disrupts our hormone receptors and it suppresses ovulation, just like insulin resistance does. It also stimulates our adrenal glands and our ovaries to make more androgens, aka male hormones, such as testosterone, which is why inflammation also causes the excess facial hair, also hair falling out, and acne, okay? Inflammation can come from insulin resistance. So insulin resistance causes inflammation in the body, and inflammation can come from insulin resistance. So it's just a two-way street, right? One causes the other. They're kind of hand-in-hand. So it's just healing both kind of at the same time. So inflammation can come from that. It can come from smoking, inflammatory foods such as sugar, dairy, gluten, environmental toxins such as pesticides, plastics, mercuries, the products you're using, the chemicals in the products you're using, and it could come from digestive problems. So that's just like a little synopsis of where inflammation can come from. And just like insulin resistance, inflammation is causing your ovaries as well as your adrenal glands to make more androgens, which are making you have more testosterone floating around your body and having those symptoms of facial hair growth, hair falling out, and or acne, or all the above. I've worked with clients that have had all three of those things. So some steps to heal your inflammation would be, number one, to avoid inflammatory foods, same as insulin resistance with with getting rid of or reducing the sugar, same thing because that is inflammatory, as well as gluten and dairy. They're very inflammatory to our system. This does not mean that you have to give it up forever. This does not mean that you give it up all at once. This is why I always talk about to my clients about one step at a time. You are doing things in a sustainable way because this isn't something where you just do it for a little while and then you go back to your old habits and your facial hair growth doesn't come away. This is something that needs to be maintained long-term and something you're always going to have to be doing. Does that mean you could never have sugar, sugar, (laughs) sugar, dairy, or gluten again? No, of course not. But it does mean that you have to be conscious about what you're eating. And in the beginning, especially to be really cautious about the amount that you are consuming. So you could reduce those inflammatory markers. You could enhance your insulin sensitivity. And so you can start healing and then you'll have a little bit more wiggle room moving forward. Okay. So you're avoiding inflammatory foods and reducing your exposure to environmental toxins, such as, like I said before, pesticides, plastics, and mercury. Of course, you're not going to be able to totally avoid them because if you're ever eating out to dinner, most places are not organic. Plastics are everywhere, but we could be way more mindful of it. You could buy organic foods, at least a dirty dozen, which you could find at ewg.org. I talked a ton about this on the second episode of this podcast. You could go back and check that out if you missed it. Plastics, 
Change what you can change. Make sure your water bottle is glass water bottle or stainless steel. Make sure the food that you're putting your, um, the containers you're putting your food in are stainless steel or glass. The things that you can control, control. And then obviously the other things, don't worry about it because it's not in your control. But at least we could reduce our exposure by changing those things out by looking at the products we are using, especially the products you're putting directly on your skin. What chemicals are they? This is why I'm so obsessed with Skin Essence Organics because their products have literally no toxins in them. You could eat them. They're organic. They're plant oils. They are so effective, so affordable. I'm obsessed with them. If you are interested in getting them, by the way, you could get a discount by using the code Corinne. I'll put the link below because that is something that really reduces your um, level of toxins because it's something you're putting on your skin and we absorb 80% of what goes on our skin. So really looking, looking at what products going on your skin, as well as the products that are around you in your house. But go back to episode number two. I talk a ton about that in there, and you could learn more about how you could reduce your exposure to, to these things to reduce your inflammation and just to help your hormones overall, aside from this facial hair growth, inflammation, insulin resistance perspective. Okay, so that is it for today. So your root cause of facial hair growth most likely is insulin resistance and inflammation. And the ways to heal insulin resistance, there's a, there's many different things you can do, but some three steps to get you started is reducing or removing sugar. Number two is sleeping. And I will, again, link the um, podcast episode to when I di- uh, did a whole episode on sleep. I will link that in the show notes. And number three, not restricting calories. And then for healing inflammation, number one, you want to avoid inflammatory foods such as sugar, dairy, and gluten, and you want to reduce your exposure to environmental toxins. And I promise you, once you start healing it, and of course, there are more things that go into this, but this is a really great place to get you started, once you start healing it at the root level, you will notice a change. But with facial hair growth, it is the most annoying symptom ever. And it is unfortunately one of the longest things to heal. So I don't want to give you false promises like, oh, in three months, it's going to all be gone. It is a long game, right? We're in this. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Trust the process. I feel you. If you connected with this episode, come and DM me on Instagram at Corinne Angelica or tag this on your stories and tag me because I would love to talk to you about this because I know how horrible it is, how how it like really affects your self-confidence. But with that, know that you are worthy. You are beautiful. You are amazing with or without this facial hair growth that you might be experiencing. It's not your fault. And it is something that will get better once you just heal that root cause, you stay consistent, you know that you are doing something that's supporting not only your facial hair growth, but supporting your overall health and your hormones, which is going to improve your quality of life. So I hope this was helpful to you. I absolutely love chatting with you on this podcast. And before I let you go, I just want to talk about this quick. I know I talked about on other podcast episodes, but um, starting on Monday, April 19th, Honor Your Cycle, my eight-week program is kicking off. And if you are interested in it, I want to give you a little quick synopsis of what it is. So a lot of people don't know this. I did not learn this until my mid-20s that we have a cycle, a feminine cycle. We have phases to our cycle, okay? There are four different phases to our cycle. I had no freaking clue about this information. And most of my clients, if you're like me and most of my clients, you probably didn't know this information or maybe you just learned about it. So what this course, Honor Your Cycle, is really teaching you It's teaching you what the frig is going on in your body. How does this feminine cycle work? What are the different phases? 
How does my brain change throughout the month? How does my body change throughout the month? Like every single week, our hormones and our body are changing because of these different phases of our cycle. And this is why so many women are struggling to see results in their health because they are not taking into account this feminine cycle. And if we don't understand how our body works, how can we expect it to give us the results that we desire and that we deserve? We need to understand these phases to our cycle because it affects everything in our body. And this is why we are not seeing the results because we don't know how to fully support ourselves and our innate biology. We need to understand how our innate biology works in order to see the results that we want. So in this course, I'm really teaching you how to sync your life to your cycle. We are learning how you could support yourself nutritionally, movement-wise, productivity-wise, sex drive-wise, all this based on every single phase of your cycle because it's one thing to learn this information and so crucial just as a woman. It's so empowering to finally understand your body, to feel validated in the shifts that you feel and to know what's normal and what's not normal. It's one thing to learn this information. It's a completely different aspect to actually know how to implement it and make it sustainable so you could be the best version of yourself so you can actually know how to support yourself because it's like, how are we like walking around in these bodies and not know what the hell to do with it and not know how it's working? Like, why are we not taught this in school? I don't know. Don't get me started. But that is really what Honor Your Cycle is about. It's eight weeks. We're diving into your feminine cycle, teaching you how to support yourself in each phase with nutrition, movement, productivity, your sex drive. Like, we're talking about all of it. I'm super excited about it. It is just information that the more women that know this information, the more that we can spread it far and wide. And hopefully it won't take the next generation until their mid to late 20s to actually know how their body freaking works. So if you are interested in it, DM me on Instagram at Corinne Angelica. I will also put a link below with information. It is an investment because this is the most important thing that you could learn as a woman. I mean, I don't understand. I don't know anything more important than knowing how our body works and knowing how to fully support ourselves for the rest of our lives. So it's either you invest now or you invest way more money throughout your life trying to figure out how the frig your body works and how to get the results that you want to get. So I would love to answer your questions about it. Come DM me on Instagram. I'm super excited for this group to start. I cannot wait. I'm just happy to be here with you in general. Thank you so much for being here and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you so much for being here. If you loved this episode and learned something valuable, please share it with a friend who you think would also love it or post it on social media and tag me so I could personally say thank you for helping me spread this important message. I am beyond grateful to be here with you. So until next time, stay intentional, stay consistent, and always mind your hormones.